Welcome to Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer. It's the 54th episode, and I am here ahead of the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. F1 is about to embark on a triple header, so you know I'm going to be super busy over these next three weeks. Um, and I hope I'm sounding all right to you guys. I've uh, had a really, really sore throat um, the past few days. Um, so this episode is probably going to be a bit of a shorter one just because I, I need to rest my voice. I talk for a living, so I really can't be overdoing it um, all the time. Uh, I got to be kind of taking it easy. So uh, I, won't, I won't be yelling in your ears, I promise. Um, but first, a quick reminder before we preview what's to come in Imola, uh, please go to the link tree in the description. Uh, check out the links to my podcast pages, like all the platforms you can find this podcast. My YouTube channel, where I actually just posted a video on there of my first experience karting. Um, you can also find my Twitter and my TikTok. Those are the break bias channels. And then also personal accounts like my Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and also my email address if you'd like to contact me. Now, as I said, it's the preview for the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. And as ever, these storylines heading into the Grand Prix. First of all, um, I, I feel like I have to address this one because everything else is kind of related to this weekend. Um, there were some rumors um, in the Red Bull Academy that Nick DeVries could be getting sacked midseason. And if that were to happen, that the driver replacing him would be Daniel Ricardo, and as much as that got everyone fired up um, to, you know, at least put him next to Yuki Sonoda, and maybe not only would that, you know, be a decent test for Daniel to to go up against, you know, not someone as uh, highly touted, uh, I would say, as Lando Norris, or um, someone as poor as, you know, I, I don't want to throw a name out there, but someone who we know is definitely not terrible. Yuki definitely lies somewhere in the middle there. And it would be a perfect teammate for Daniel, but also for Yuki, who, you know, this guy's not, you know, he, he is uh, he is definitely experienced in Formula One, um, even though he had been, you know, not tear or he had been kind of terrible in McLaren. Um, at least we know this guy's driven in Formula One uh, before Nick DeVries never has. So it would be, almost be a good test for Sonoda anyway. But I'm entertaining all this. Meanwhile, I know that it's not going to happen. Helmet Marco, Big Daddy Marco, had to step in and basically shut that down right away. He said, it, it, if it was anyone, it certainly wouldn't be Daniel, basically. Um, those rumors also came from the fact that he got a seat fitting in Fienza, which is um, really close to the Imola circuit. That's unrelated. But anyway, that is, of course, the factory for AlphaTauri, where it is located. Um not sure why, but I'm sure it was just because, hey, just in case anything ever happened, you are our you are our reserve. If, you know, Awasa or Lawson, you know, Lawson could be in Germany. I guess I should say who these guys are. Ayumu Awasa is a Red Bull Jr. who's probably the next in line in F2. And then there's Liam Lawson, who is in Super Formula, who is also a junior driver. He was in F2 last year. He was up there in the championship. I think he finished just behind Logan Sargent of the F2 rookies. I think Lawson came second, even though he actually had more wins than Sargent, I believe. But anyway, Lawson is uh, racing in a Japanese series, so he could be all the way across the uh, across the globe. Um, and Awasa could be busy with F2. They got to throw someone in the car if something went wrong. 
It might have to be Daniel, right? So it's probably all the reason that he got a seat fitting just to, you know, make sure just in case if there was any emergency that he could step in. But of course, that set the world into a frenzy, the F1 world, I should say, at least, um, thinking that that could be a real possibility. But Marco said, hey, we have, you know, made Nick DeVries know that he has to step it up soon. I mean, it's only five races. If he got sacked already, or at least even like after this European leg, that would be so, so quick um, to, to give up on someone. I get that he's an older rookie, but man, that would be all time uh <laughs> quick leashes or short leashes I should say from Red Bull um, they did say that Owasa or Lawson would be the choice if they were to you know get rid of DeVries and I think the way Lawson is driving in Japan um, he would likely be the pick um, but I'm not sure you never know if Owasa starts balling in F2 then it's a different story but anyway just wanted to address that in case some of you only saw the Ricardo rumor and didn't see the rest don't get your hopes up. I don't think Daniel Ricciardo is returning to F1 this season, okay? Now, getting into the actual Grand Prix weekend a little bit more, we might be getting some rain. Yes, the first wet session of the season could be on its way. Um, I shouldn't say first wet session. We did have a wet session in Australia, I believe. It was just one practice session that was wet. But... Saturday, I think, has like a 90% chance of rain. So we actually could get a wet quality, which could make things interesting. But a perfect segue into quality is that Pirelli is actually considering testing a new qualifying format this weekend. Set tires, meaning Q1, everyone has to drive on the hards. Everyone has to put on the mediums for Q2. And everyone has to put on the softs for Q3. It's basically like the sprint shootout, just instead of making it medium, medium soft, it's hard, medium soft. I'm not sure what the reason is. Maybe they just feel like not many people are using their allocation of tires. I'm not sure really what the reasoning is, like I said, but it could maybe make things a little bit interesting. Maybe uh, some teams just don't gel on the harder compounds and uh, it shakes things up a little bit. We'll see. But that's pretty much it going straight into the preview now um actually i guess this has also been kind of making the rounds on social media the name and th this isn't the first time the name for you know the imola grand prix is basically the, the short version um even mercedes their verified account tweeted about make kind of mocking the name of this weekend let me just try and say it for you guys and i apologize i have a sore throat but i am a you know, I do kind of broadcast for a living. I should be able to say this, but the name is that goddamn wordy that I still might screw it up. Okay, you ready? Here it is. The Formula One Qatar Airways Grand Premio del Made in Italy e della Emilia Romagna 2023. Yeah, that that is an absolute mouthful. I, I heard some people throwing Grand Prix at the end and it's like, that's that's what Grand Premio means. You're you're saying Grand Prix twice, but anyway, um, that is still a super long name, even without Grand Prix at the end. Yeah, um, I don't know if Italians just if that's just a language they make things difficult on themselves. Um, but God, it's it's the fact that it's like it's the Grand Prix of Emilia Romagna and Italy. Like it's not just the Grand Prix of Emilia Romagna. If that were the case, then it would just be the Qatar Airways, you know, 
Grand Premio dell'Emilia Romagna. But no, it has to have that Del Made in Italy E part, whatever. I don't know Italian, but I know that means Italy and. Um, anyway, what a mouthful of a name. Try and say that five times fast. Uh, so let's let's take a look at what happened last year. It was a sprint, um, and I was very critical of their decision to make the Dell'Emilia Romagna Grand Prix, whatever that ridiculous name, a sprint last year. I thought it's a terrible track for a sprint, and I think I was right. Now, I don't think the Imola weekend was terrible last last year, um, but we did see a pretty great weekend for Max Verstappen. He took maximum points, the win in the sprint, and the win in the race. Um, and I actually even took fast slap. So, yeah, that is maximum points. Checo, really nowhere near um, Max Verstappen last year, um, even though it was actually um, Max and Checo's first 1-2 together. How about that? Um, it's only a year since then, and I think we've had a few more one-twos from from Max and Checo, um, especially this year. What is it, four to five races? It's been a one-two for those guys, I, I believe so. Um, yeah, but even Ferrari at this point, Ferrari was still looking good. I think Charles still led by like six points in the championship after this weekend. Even they, like, they were not. They were basically quicker or just about there in every single weekend, like leading up to this and even a few weekends after this. Um, like, yeah, even, like, you know, Spain, Monaco, Miami were all after Imola last year. Um, even France, like Ferrari was there. So for a while, Ferrari was still kind of in the hunt. I feel like Hungary was almost kind of like the big race where it was like, okay, Ferrari has just fallen off because um, they just. I thought they would be on the pace in Hungary and they were off it. And then they had the horrible strategy air with, with Leclerc on the hearts. But anyway, getting way off track here. Um, basically, this was one of the first weekends where Red, uh, Ferrari just didn't really look there at all with, with Red Bull. They were just off the pace and Leclerc knew that. And that's what led to him making the mistakes. He was pushing too hard. Um, oh, I used to know that the name of that chicane. That's actually going to bother me. Uh, I used to know the turn, the corner name so much better because I played the Formula One game more. And now I just, it, it dawned, it, it, if, damn, because this, this track, I will say this, um, it's the first traditional track of the season and I was going to give my thoughts on the track anyway. So I think this is kind of the perfect opportunity to, to kind of segue into that from Leclerc's mistake. But this track is, it's a cool qualifying lap. I think the drivers really like it because it's very old school. Um, but before I really dive into what I think about the track, this track does have the coolest corner names. Absolutely. And, and you'll see Crofty this weekend. Absolutely. He is going to be naming every single one of them because the, the corner names are just so awesome. Like I, I, I'm not even kidding guys. I'm going to Google this as I'm speaking with you. So just bear with me. Imola corner names. Okay. So we have the Varianti Alta. That is the chicane that Leclerc spun out last year. So if you remember that, the Varianti Alta chicane, cool name. Ravazza, that's the double left-hander going onto the main straight. Aqua Minerali, that is the downhill double right-hander and then back up the hill. Um, Piratella, that's a great, uh, a great corner name. Tamborello is the famous corner that... Senna went off of when he uh, tragically passed away. They've Tosa, the, the hairpin. Um, and then Villeneuve is uh, kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird that they've named 
like Villeneuve has a name in Imola, but of course it's because Gilles drove for Ferrari and this is a, uh, a circuit in Italy. But yeah, I've basically forgot all of those corner names, but just hearing them again, like just an awesome, awesome, uh, just bunch of corner names, I guess. I was just making fun of the Italian language and then here we go. Now I'm saying it's it's basically the coolest language on earth with these corner names they have for their, their track. But anyway... I think the biggest thing going into this weekend, beyond everything that we've already talked about, has to be the big upgrades that are expected. Um, and I've decided that instead of going through it like I did with Bakum and doing every single team, because a lot of the teams, it's really hard to find that information for one. And, you know, teams like Williams and Haas don't bring upgrades all the time. So I've decided I'm not going to talk about Red Bull and I'm going to talk about the three teams that everyone is hoping can close the gap to them. And that's Aston Martin, Ferrari, and Mercedes. And all three of them are bringing major upgrades, or at least somewhat major upgrades, to Imola. So we'll start with Aston Martin. They have, they're actually the most ominous, I guess, of the three teams. They are bringing a new floor and new side pods. And basically everyone is saying, and potentially more. They've kind of hinted at this being their huge, their first major upgrade. Everyone knows it's at least floor and side pods. So people are expecting it to be more but no one knows what that more might be. So there are plenty of good F1 reporters. I know I follow Toby Gruner, I think is his name on Twitter. He is always absolutely fantastic and right on top of things, even when they're like the most minor upgrades. He tweets about it every single race weekend. This is what every single team has brought. So that's something that interests you, you know, the technical aspect of the sport. He has an absolutely fantastic follow to check out every single race weekend. He will have everything that Aston Martin brought, but expect maybe a slightly different look to that Aston Martin this weekend. Ferrari for their first Italian race, they're bringing a new rear suspension. That is just the it's a pretty major part on the car. But that is it for them. It's complementing the floor they brought to Miami and they're expecting it to maybe help them with about a tenth of a second. I think Spain is when they're expecting to bring um their next big step that's even going to bring them further up the up the field. Possibly another three tenths is is what I've read, but uh, yeah, expect a slightly quicker Ferrari this weekend, um, and then Mercedes, the one that everyone is waiting for. They haven't brought a single upgrade basically to their car yet, and here it is: the new floor, the new front suspension, and the new side pods. Total Wolf has confirmed this himself. Those will be the three pieces coming to the Mercedes. They have said the simulations are looking great. You know, the car is going to look different. It's not going to be the Red Bull side pods. It's not going to be our side pods. They're going to be something new. I I, I believe, I don't remember who, who it was, if it was Mike Elliott or Allison or someone, one of the engineers, I, I don't think it was Toto, they said that, oh, it's going to be a drastic change to our side pods. And then they immediately backpedaled. And they're like, well, no, it's it's not going to be drastic. Um, So we'll see. No one really knows what it's going to look like. Whether, you know, the front suspension is actually going to change massively, like from a pull rod to a push rod, no no one even knows. Um, but keep an eye out for those three things. The Mercedes could look way different. It could look very similar, but I promise you that car is going to be very different. And they've kind of, they're trying to keep their expectations reined in a little bit. They're saying, guys, this looks great on the simulation, like I said, but... We don't understand how this is exactly going to work yet because we haven't seen it on track. So they're even saying there could be a slight step back 
before they can make a step forward. So we'll see. That's definitely very possible. I'm sure setting up the car this weekend will be tricky, especially if it does get rain. I'm sure they would just love some dry running with their major upgrade, but we'll see. Let's get into my predictions. For pole position, I have that no upgrade is going to close the massive gap that Red Bull has, and I think we're about to see a run of form from Verstappen. Um, Seeing what he did in Miami was very ominous for the rest of the season. Um, barring any nightmares with reliability or like a massive mistake, I think that Max has got this. But honestly, when's the last time we've seen Max make a catastrophic mistake? Seriously, if you're like a petrol head or just and just love F1, try and think of the last time Max Verstappen made a catastrophic mistake. You can't say Singapore last year. He Yeah, he had that massive lockup and it was a big mistake, but... It just doesn't count. He was too eager to make it back through the field, and it wasn't even race ending. He was fine. The only reason that he did that was because he was in 10th. I'm talking about, like, oh, he was in the lead or he was in second, and it cost him huge points. Like, you know, he went he's went off in quality a few times, but he's always made it back to the podium. Those aren't catastrophic. Like, I'm talking Leclerc in France, um, Lewis Hamilton in Azerbaijan. Like, Max didn't make a mistake. He, Crashed out of the wind, but that was a reliability error. I'm talking about an error. I think you'd have to look back to the 2020 season. Like, I, I don't think he has made a catastrophic error in any of these three these past three seasons. Seriously. If, if you had the answer to that, you know, go to the link tree. Send me. You can reach me in, in so many ways there. Send, send me what you think. Um, when the last time Max has made a catastrophic error and tell me to shut up if it was way sooner than I thought. Or that I, yeah, it was way sooner than I thought and I just can't remember. Um, but anyway, for the race, I also just have no doubt that it will be a dominant Max Verstappen win. And, uh, but honestly, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for a Merck P3, P4 finish. I'm really hoping that they can kind of be a, a set in stone P2 for the rest of the season. And I'm hoping that... This, this, you know, kind of change in, in development path is going to help them at least start to close the gap towards um, 2026 because that's really the only hope we have um, that one of these teams does it. And, of course, I want it to be my team. And I'm going to say Ferrari is fourth best here. I, I think it very easily could be Mercedes again. Imola was a terrible weekend for them last year. Um, but, you know, these are my predictions, and I can just say whatever I want when whenever I want so yeah Ferrari fourth best here is just what I'm feeling the the pressure of Italy is going to get to them um and my bold prediction here will be a Yuki Sonoda P8 or P9 I think he is going to break the P11 P10 streak and he's going to make it into that top nine um he, he of course isn't going to finish P8 unless something happens to the top four teams um but just kind of giving a little bit of that wiggle room in case something does it's P9 or P8. He is going to be best of the rest, basically. So, yeah, that's my preview. Now, before I wrap it up here, I know it's going to be a short one, guys. I, of course, have to give you my picks for the weekend. It's time for Brad's bets. Let's ride the bias and review my Miami picks. Now, they were not as good. As my weekend in Baku. Alex Albon did not get a points finish. That was for plus 160. But I did have Alonso, a podium finish, a minus 105. That is a pretty nice get. That is 
pretty much double your money. It's just under double. Um, that was a comfortable P3. You would not have been sweating that one too much. Um, and then my bet 365 exclusive, I had Max getting the double for pole and win. That is a tough one just because of what happened to him in qualifying. And then for my long shot of the week, I gave out the uh, plus 500 Nick DeVries to be classified as the last finisher. That was not the case. It was Logan Sargent. And you know what? He was the other one that was also plus 500 with Nick. And I was like, it's going to be one of them. And of course, I picked the wrong one. So that's another tough one. But this week, I'm liking a margin of victory bet. That is my 100% my favorite one. I like Max Verstappen to win by 10 seconds, although you don't even have to pick someone. It's just someone has to win over 10 seconds. Let's be honest. It's going to be Max if that does cash. But that's plus 185. I think that's pretty good. At a traditional track, Max dominated here last year. Say, you know, Checo gets bogged down a little bit at the start. If it's a wet race too, I, I really think this has a great, uh, you know, possibility of happening. So... Take advantage of that. Plus 185, that is almost triple your money. So um, that's one that I'm probably going to be hitting myself. Um, I also really like points finishes again for the same two guys I had in Baku, Oscar Piastri and Yuki Sonoda, plus 350 and plus 250. Piastri is the the better one there, even though he's in the McLaren and Yuki Sonoda is in the AlphaTauri. I still think it's crazy that Yuki Sonoda is getting plus 250 odds when he's been there almost every single race. Now, the Bet365 exclusive, and this is something that I've never seen on FanDuel, so it's definitely an exclusive, is that there's not going to be a VSC and a safety car. So there, you can bet on there, there being a VSC or not. You can bet on there being a S, a safety car, or not. This is that they both have to happen. So a VSC and a safety car period has to happen for you to lose this bet. It's plus 137. The fact that you can get plus money on, on that. You know, we didn't get a single one last last race. I think the VSC has been out once this year. I I really like that, guys. Um, You know, it's obviously possible. But the fact that you can get plus money on both of those things. um, or You know what I mean? <laughs> they both have to happen for you to lose. So the fact that you can get plus money on that is pretty good. Um, and my long shot of the week is also to do with that. I would just say that you you bet on there to be no safety car period. You can bet on that too. No, sa- no safety car or virtual safety car. It could be straight to a red flag without a safety car too, and that still counts. So you can get that for uh, like almost quadruple your money, I believe. So that's the long shot of the week. Um, Imola is track where I just don't see a lot of risk taking the only worry is that if it rains that of course changes things and uh, we have some rookies who have been kind of crashy in their first wet race might not be uh, great uh, for yellow flags and whatnot so I'm still gonna throw that out there as my long shot but that is a bit of a worry that I have for sure But yeah, like I said, guys, my throat is killing me. So um, hopefully I sounded good and gave you guys a great episode. Um, Again, please check out, you know, my YouTube. I just posted the video of my karting experience a few days ago. Um, It's my first time editing a video. So don't judge me too hard, but I think I did okay. 
Um, so yeah, please check that out. That's going to do it for episode 54 of Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer, and I'll be back with episode 55 next Monday to review the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix and preview the Monaco Grand Prix. Like I said, it's a triple header coming up, but let's pray some of these big upgrades shake up the packing order. Goodbye.